0: The Bulldog radio podcast. The Ferris State Bulldogs have upset the nation's number two ranked team. Wide open. Taylor is going to take this one to the house. Touchdown
1: Bulldog!
2: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the most valuable sports podcast. Brandon Worth, Joe Nagy, bringing you the heat as always. Another banger of an episode on deck here today full fair state rundown of course as well as a big game coming up this weekend super bowl sunday y'all eagles chiefs will break it down make our picks and more let's talk a little super bowl commercials as well very interesting topic that we got on hand here for this afternoon but first we brought a special guest on the interview table today joe
1: who do we got we got Dylan Ryder, sports writer and opinions editor for the Ferris State Torch, one of our good buddies. We've known him for a good amount of time, and he's been a guy who's been around Ferris Athletics for quite some time as well. So without further ado, Brandon, let's swing into the interview.
2: Now joining us in studio, Ferris State Torch sports writer, Dylan Ryder. Stop by on the show. Dylan, welcome to the show, man. Hello. Thank you for having me, boys.
1: John, thanks for coming on. First question for you. You're the hockey beat writer. You're the opinions editor for The Torch. I mean, just walk us through what that journey was like to be able to get to the point you are at right now with uh, The Torch and sports writing.
0: Well, uh, interesting story. I think uh, we established on our our Torch uh, podcast last year, uh, never really was into sports much, don't really have a sports background um, like, you know, Brandon Worth or um, Jeffrey tearing like 30, ACLs. Just, yep. Yeah. So that was a surprise to you boys. When I, when I was talking about that, um, I always liked writing. Uh, and then sometime in high school, I was, I was like, you know what? I, I like sports now. And this is my personality now. Uh,
1: this will become the personality for the rest of my life. No,
0: no for <laughs> real? I watched one YouTube video and the dude made sports funny. So I was like, I like this now. Um, but coming here, uh, in 2021, I was taking a journalism class because I think it was part of uh, the sportscom major. There was something in there. Um, then I heard about the torch and I joined the torch shortly after shout out to Brendan Sanders for giving me a job, even though I didn't have a resume. Uh,
1: <laughs> just a word of mouth type thing. You just say, like, yeah, I can do this.
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> Essentially I pulled up with nothing, no resume, no portfolio. He was like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take a shot on you but after that I uh, joined sports for Brody since i was interested in that started off with golf which i have a love hate relationship with golf mm-hmm. and then started covering hockey and and at that point i knew i i really liked hockey um i yeah. loved i that season wasted a lot of money cuz ended up buying the season tickets and then went to every game for free anyways because I worked for the torch.
1: So at a hundred, a hundred and some dollars down the drain with that one. It
0: was like 60, 50 bucks. It really is 60, 50
1: for the, it was, it was the student deal. Oh yeah. And that's, at cruel. least you got a little that, bit of that a was deal. Cruel, Brandon. Yeah.
0: It was, really cruel. it was pretty sad. Not going to lie. <laughs> it felt appropriate, um, but getting there, you know, it, it it's changed a lot uh, for me. I, I'm have changed how I write things, how I look at things, how I talk to people uh, when it comes to hockey. It, it's kind of, uh, on cruise control for me right now, but what we, you know, covering hockey, it's different because, you know, now I know these players, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not just the guy who hangs out at the the rink anymore. I'm not just the rink rat you know, that's always bothering people. It's, you know, I see Jason Branchow, I'll be like, hi, I'll, I'll, I was talking to Blake Avanow yesterday, um, because, uh, we had our media session.
2: Good friend on the show. Good friend on, on the, the show. show.
0: He, he's a talker.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah. Dude, he's he's he a, a really
0: good talker. That's why
2: we had him sit in the chair next yeah, to exactly. us, man. Yeah.
0: Um, you know, I I'd, I'd talk to him and give some of the guys guff. Um, Loganstein, know him too. Talked to Brad Merrick before. I've I've, I've talked to nearly everyone on the team, mm-hmm. you know, in, in a weird bragging way. But I, kn- I know these people now, and I can kind of get that inside look on covering hockey now. Like, I know... hear hockey rumors all the time from around the team. I'm able to, you know, be more privy to information that I maybe shouldn't be as a journalist. Um, but it's been this weird journey of, you know, I started with golf and hockey and writing about that and then changing how I write things and how I cover things and hitting the points that mattered than rather just doing a recap. Um, it's been such a privilege, really. You know, talking to Brian Garlock, who's with the Tampa Bay Lightning, and uh, talking with Derek Lalonde, who's now the head coach of the Red Wings. Back when he when he was with uh, Tampa, so it it's weird that that's where that's led me. I've talked to Pat Nagel, who was uh, who was in the Olympics. Uh, was it a year ago? Now, two years ago? Mm-hmm. Sounds what? about right. Like yeah, a year close, ago. Yeah. So it's these weird connections uh, working through the torch and being around athletics and just knowing the people there that has led me to this just kind of culmination of where I'm at now. And I'm, I'm extremely grateful for it.
2: Yeah. And then I know you've talked a little bit, um, some of the things that you've enjoyed, but what specifically has drawn you into the love of writing for sport and being a sports journalist?
0: I just, I, I think it's fun. I think it's the best type of thing to write. I, I think it's, it beats out you know, reporting about like an event for news or a lifestyles event, it's, it's the most interesting thing to talk about. It's what people will be reading. Eyes are on sports. Not, I mean, for the most part, eyes are on sports.
2: Yeah. That's where the money is too.
0: There's so much there. There's so many, you know, I mean, it's lesser with college and lesser with my writing. There's so many, you know, plot lines that you can follow that you can't really follow in a, um, just a new story. Like when I'm writing hockey, you know, who's going to transfer at the end of the year? Who are we getting in the early signing period? Who are we signing over the summer? Who are these kids? How are they going to perform? I I feel like that has, what's kept me going. Um, Being able to write hockey opinions and sports opinions too. And then being able to live rent free in people's heads. That's what keeps (laughs) me going too. Um, But it's, it's just being able to combine passions of, you know, I, I used to be a stellar writer in like third grade. <laughs> um, didn't really write much in uh, high school. So getting back to that and kind of combining that passion of writing and then just writing about what I like to write about, I I think that's uh just genuinely the best thing you can do. And finding that beat or that niche that you know and you can write about passionately and, you know, it's, it's something you care about. You're not doing something you don't care about. I I feel like that's what keeps me in it. And that's what keeps drawing me back to it every time.
1: Yeah, for sure. And uh, one of your articles about the student section at the hockey, uh, kind of brought up a a, a couple of good reactions um, from some people. I mean, you were talking about how somebody really just looked out for your Facebook and then sent you a DM saying, Hey, trash article. Yeah. Do uh, yeah. you mind just walking us through what that was like being able to, you know, get one of the bad reactions out of, uh, somebody who read the article
0: you know um you you boys have attended uh stack meetings so you know mm. what it's like to you know kind of be on the end pull short stick and maybe not have written the best article sure um that article in particular that you're talking about joe was written in like 2 hours because um i screwed up my section and <laughs> needed, i needed an opinion <clears throat> so was it the best article i've ever written no was it fun knowing that it what it had brought eventually. Absolutely. And I will stand by it. Um being being in something like that, um, like being at the stack meetings, you're kind of prepared for it. I mean, it's an opinion piece. Anyone can rip it apart. Um, anyone can tell me it's terrible. That's fine. But when it when it comes down to this particular guy who decided to look me up on Facebook and tell me how bad my article was, he like he made he made good points, right? I I maybe missed something, missed something there where maybe this the student section is lazy but that that wasn't I wasn't saying that this is the best student section in the United States of America right mm-hmm. I'm saying they're getting better i mm-hmm. I've I've been to hockey for the past two like not two years maybe near, near, nearly so nearly two, yeah. yeah, like two, year, year, two years year and yeah. a half year and a half um and I I've seen how abysmal our student sections are I've seen how abysmal they are in just general but at hockey it makes me sad so he, he kind of, I think he kind of missed the point that I was just trying to say that they're
1: getting better. But I think, I think he was just way too focused on how much like, because the guy was, or because Harrison was talking about that. Mm-hmm. He was saying how that guy came like went here when like our student sections were great. Yeah. And I'm just like, it's not going to be that good, but like, it's not going to be as good as the olden days. But. No, I mean,
0: you got to think of that in the way that COVID decimated pretty much everything. Mm-hmm. So there was, there was a gap in in years between like 2020 and then maybe early 2021, where we had no fans, which in turn ushers in these people who aren't a part of this hockey culture or this student section culture at Ferris, and you, you can see it in every sport. And I think it's just now getting better and it'll continue to be better. Part of me thinks that, you know, with what uh, athletics has for hockey, it, it's limited. Mm-hmm. Um those aren't the best seats in the world, but um, yeah, they could. I feel like student section could be in a better spot. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, or just you know a better, better barn. Yeah, that's true. St. <laughs> yeah. Thomas getting 44
1: yeah, dollars. St. <laughs> Thomas, <coming in>. <laughs> <laughs> but world.
0: I guess it's good to get like criticism like mm. that, even though it's it's a little weird that they're gonna reach out to me specifically on Facebook and try to DM me and say that was terrible. Um, th- that's their right. I like it, like it kind of, it, it's something to laugh about ultimately. Um, thanks for the, the feedback, but why, <laughs>
1: thanks <laughs> for the feedback, but I really don't care. <laughs>
2: yeah, yes. And no, I mean.
1: You take what you, yeah. you take
2: what you can learn from it and then the rest of the garbage, you're like, yeah, the opinions have an eye in it. They don't have a, you like mm-hmm. this is my thing. Yeah, exactly. But. Anyway, I one last question here for you, Dylan. Uh, what's been your favorite thing about being here at Fair State and being a Bulldog?
0: Oh, God. I don't know, man. That's, that's a loaded question. There's a lot. Um, I love being able to actually have a stake in uh, events here with uh, what we do in the RSO and uh, be a part of the paper and just kind of being able to reach a broader audience than just a, what a regular student would, which they really don't have a broader audience or an audience period to reach out to. So being able to, uh, I guess, be a part and be known on campus with what we do and what our groups do, I, I think that's probably one of the best parts and the opportunities that I've, I've had here at Ferris. I can't say I wouldn't have gotten these experiences and opportunities anywhere else, um, not these exact exper- experiences, and that's for sure. That's probably one of my favorite parts.
1: Thanks again, Dylan, for coming on the show. I know you're a little bit pressed for time with classes, which we could talk to a little bit more, but thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate you.
2: Big thanks to Dylan Ryder for jumping on the pod. Appreciate having him along, as well as if you know anybody else out there that wants to sit in a chair across from me and Joe with a microphone and a headset. More than happy to have you. Make sure you follow us, message us at the MBSP. And we will make it happen for we will. you as much we as we can. We promise it will. Yeah. We got a lot of big stuff going down yeah. and we got movement stuff moving around and schedules moving around here with our whole partnership or dealio. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll make sure it tries to happen. I'm sure we'll make it happen yep. for you guys. We will. It'll we be will fun. We'll do it.
1: We'll try. We'll make it happen. We're going to try it's to make on it happen. You, you guys got to reach out to us first though. Like we ain't going to do that. That's true. We got, we got a lot of It's on you to, to get, do. it's on you to get the ball rolling. Yes. And then it's on us to get the ball to stay rolling. Yeah. And at one point stop. Yeah. But it's on you to start up.
2: Right. We'll hit a home run. You just got to, we'll, and we'll set up the pitching machine, but you got to put the ball in there and then we'll get it rolling. You know? Absolutely we will. I think it'll work. But anyway, Fair State run down here, Joe. Yeah. Starting on the ice. It's certainly one of the biggest games of the year. Home ice Up for grabs against Bemidji State. The Beavers right now sitting in fourth in the CCHA standings here, Joe. We're right behind in fifth. This is a team that we had a really good weekend matchup with here earlier on this season that I believe led to a split. And it feels like after this last weekend, it is full steam ahead, hungry. Let's get revenge right now in front of this crowd because it is time to go and the time is now.
1: Yeah, dogs are rolling, man. I mean, especially off these past couple of games, we've been able to steal a few that not a lot of people thought we were going to be able to get, especially against Bowling Green. I mean, they didn't get any against Minnesota State, but you really can't knock the boys because they played really well, despite the scores being kind of one-sided there. But especially getting a big win against Michigan Tech and getting that split too, you look at where we're going to be at for this game, and it's a must win for both of these because if you don't, you can kind of kiss the home ice goodbye. However, Bemidji right now is... Falling a little bit from where they were at the start of the year. They were near the top, kind of ranked in the top 20 of flirting with getting into those uh, 19, 18, 17 spot overall in the country. But as time has gone on, they've slowed down a little bit with their abilities. However, they're coming off a a weekend where they really want to get this too. I mean, it's a spot where only one point separates them here. They lost both times to Michigan Tech. So they didn't get anything there. They're going to be coming in and really going to want to have an upset. We split with them last time. It's going to be interesting. I know Noah played really well last time we were there. I know Noah and Logan both played really well when we are in Glaven in, 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 Ingle Glaben. I don't even... I go, I've go i been here for four years. I don't even know what the word is.
2: However that. you pronounce it.
1: However you pronounce our ice arena. Both our goaltenders played really well. And I think... uh The rink is going to be rocking too, which is going to be for sure.
2: The rink is going to be rocking, and Coach Daniels alluded that into his media session, which we'll get to you here in just a second. But I think the biggest thing when it comes down to it, I mean, you look at the stat sheets, you look at the previous matchup, uh, Bemidji is a team that definitely um, can play a little streaky almost to us. And I think the biggest thing um, for Bemidji is they're not necessarily the most stout defensive team that we've seen um, as composed to, or I should say opposed to a lot of these other really good teams like Michigan tech, Minnesota state that are just lethal defensively. Um, but one thing they do is they take her of the puck really well. They don't, you know, they don't give out penalties very often. They're actually best in the CCHA um, with least amount of penalties per game, uh, which we actually have the second highest. But I mean, when it comes to overall shot percentage, And a lot of these other offensive categories, we're right there with them, if not better. And I think that's a huge boost going into this weekend. And I think right now, if we can string together some good opportunities, I think we're going to be in really good shape for this matchup. And I think really with the crowd being a huge factor, I think that really the whole coaching staff, the whole team. They're ready to go. Coach Daniels is ready to go, as he alluded to in this week's press conference.
0: Yeah, well, it was great last weekend. It was, it was rock and It it had uh, quite a bit of atmosphere. A lot of, it was electric in that rink and that was both nights start to finish. And I, I would assume we'd have the exact same thing here. I fully expect that, we, you know, we're going to have good crowds and, and, and they'll be into it. We've got the red out on uh, Saturday. I guess it's red out all weekend, but Saturday in particular uh, for women's heart health, which is an awesome cause. So, uh, I, I expect, you know, uh, from what I understand, big crowds and and boisterous as well.
1: There you have
2: it. Coach Daniels is ready to go, so you better be ready to go. Six oh seven on Saturday, seven oh seven on Friday night for hockey and with home ice up
1: for grabs in the Plofs. Can't wait for it, man. I'm excited to work it. I know uh, we're excited, to, especially with our hand in red out. It's going to be an incredible day and we can't wait for it. But before hockey gets going, we got basketball for this weekend as well. Men's and women's, we're going to be taking on Saginaw Valley State and Wayne State. Wayne State first on Thursday, Saginaw Valley on Saturday. Men's are going to be playing at uh, 730. Women will be playing uh, right before that tonight for us. And then Saturday is going to be a three and one o'clock tip off. Uh, same thing. Men's go second, women go first. So Wayne state here for both men's and women's, they're kind of middle of the table. I'm pretty sure they're a team that can still really do some damage if you're not careful enough. Uh, but still you're going to really try to come off, of, especially for the men's, you're going to want to come off a of loss to Parkside. side. Uh, you know, you are be- kind of back onto a year. What is it? We're seven and one or eight and one in the past nine games. So we're on, we got the momentum going, but especially when you get a loss against a team that, you know, you're really trying to edge out for that top spot. It's tough, but Getting back on track is going to be the name of the game.
2: Yeah, I think definitely after we had that little skid up north um, and fall into Lake State, we've definitely got it back on track. Parkside, I think, was just a bad game. You throw that one out. You didn't play our best basketball. Parkside could not miss in the second half. It happens, right? That's basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, when you look at it, uh, I think there's a lot of things that you can see Um, in this upcoming matchup. I mean, Wayne State isn't necessarily as high-powered of an offensive team as we are, especially shooting the Rock. We're number one in the GLIAC. They're number 10, um, so it's opposite ends of the spectrum. So, what are you going to do if you're Wayne State? Well, you're going to try to do everything you can to make sure that you wreak havoc on us playing offensively uh, and try to at least slow the game down so you get enough of those opportunities to try to net yourself um, a good spot offensively. So, I would expect them to throw a lot of different defenses at you, potentially. Um, I mean, we saw the earlier matchup this year when these two teams played, and it was certainly one of those kind of games where you're like a little bit on your seat at parts of the game where it kind of got off to a little bit of a slow start, but we ended up getting the job done in handy fashion there. Um, But I think that the way that we can play, and I can't stress this enough when we we look at it, I mean, as far as while we play, if we can out-rebound teams, we can take care of the basketball, we're going to be in such great shape. And it's really, it's really just like non-comparable. I mean, the last time we played this team, we outreaded bounded them by 20. That gives you that Mm. many extra chances to put the ball in the hole. And you can't, you're like, not every team can do that. And that's the biggest thing is you got all the explosive shooting we have. You have the good post play. You have the athletic playmaking ability defensively. So if you just take care of the ball and get more possessions, I mean, who can beat you at this point? You know, like this team is ready to go. And I think that we're going to be in great shape. And you look at kind of Saginaw in a little bit of contrast. They're a much better team um, when it comes to not necessarily as being defensive minded. They can score it a little bit. They're not terrible uh, shooting the basketball. Um, so I think it's going to be very interesting um, when you see how these two teams try to attack our defense, uh, because I think our three point shooting hasn't been as great as of late. And I know Saginaw has definitely been on uh, one of those kind of runs where You look at how well they've played over the last couple of games. And even though they've lost the last two, they've shown a little bit of glimpses here and there. um, But traveling up north, uh, to face Northern and Michigan Tech, that's a tough task. But overall, the way that they've played over the last couple of games, they gave us a run uh, when we were back there um, just a little while ago. So I think this will be a very interesting matchup. And I think you're going to see a lot more pace potentially in the Saginaw game um, as opposed to low scoring. And that's kind of similar with the women's, but it's going to be very interesting.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And like you said with Saginaw, they're a little bit better with a three-point shooting. Uh, so it's going to be a little bit higher, I feel like, there. I think you're going to see, especially with this Wayne State game tonight for us, it's like you really just have to play the game well because they're going to be more of a team that's pushing it down, ground and pound, really get by the boards and get by the glass and kind of slow the game down a little bit because for us, our game is so fast. It's, you know, kind of a lot of transition. If you set it up, you want to get threes. You don't want to be forced to take a shot with a shot clock. You want to be in control the whole time. And for both of these teams, Saginaw and Wayne, They're teams that, you know, want to disrupt it a little bit. We're playing really solid. Wayne state's on a five game losing streak. Uh, let our Saginaw's on a two game. They went up North. Like you said, Brandon, uh, struggled against Northern and Michigan tech, but you're going to have two teams who are hungry to kind of get back on track, get on a little bit of a little bit of a run before Gleak start up, uh, for the playoffs. So, this one's going to be an interesting one. I think we're going to be able to pull out two W's for the men's side, but it's still going to be two where you really got to stay true uh, to the game you want to play.
2: Yeah, and with the women's too, I think especially we saw the the dynamic play that we saw from Saginaw Valley, especially with uh, Zeriki and DiPeri. They're one of the best in the country um, as far as duos are concerned, scoring the basketball. Uh, but I mean, especially with them, I think you're just going to have to try to slow down the tempo. They're going to try to play fast. They're going to try to fill it when bunches against you. Wayne State's going to do the opposite. They're going to try to slow down as much as they can and try to play a really low-scoring basketball game. So it's going to be a little contradictory, but I think we stay we stay true to the course. We win those 50-50 balls, get out in transition. That's when this team gets really good, uh, I think is a key for the women's game. So those games on Thursday and Saturday, as mentioned, as well as track and field, going to be at Grand Valley for the big meet coming up. I mean, we're going to be facing some D1 competition, and that's super exciting to me, um, especially, and I think really when it comes to everybody getting that first true meet, um, double day, that's the biggest thing, because that's what GLIAX is going to be. It's a back-to-back day where you're going to be doing two events back-to-back days. Um, so that's really kind of where we're going from here because we've had a lot of one-day meets. We've had a lot of different kind of low-caliber meets, and now this is the first big one uh, as we go into the rest of the stretch. And as well, tennis is still getting their feet underneath of them after a couple of first games, got a win as well as a loss each way. Um, and they're going to be taking on some good regional competition to start this really start the season because Coach Doran's not afraid uh, to take on those tough teams early. And they've certainly showed the success over the last couple of campaigns and and we look forward to seeing that depth continue to succeed in here to this weekend.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And this one's going to be one where uh, you're looking at a spot where you kind of want to get on a little bit of, not of a run, I would say, because you're still at the start of the season, but you don't want to have a spot right where before started up where you're going to be, you know, struggling and behind the eight ball already. So this one's going to be one where I'm pretty excited to see what we're able to do, especially with last year, you had everybody kind of set in stone about who the partners were where you were at one, two, three, four, five, six. And now, with Matisse being gone, you have Jan moving up, you have Yannick Mater as well, uh, kind of getting into a new spot. So, everybody has different partners now for doubles, which is kind of the one that you really have to win off the start getting that extra point and getting that momentum right off the right out of the gate of the match. And then you want to have a spot where. You're kind of getting a little bit more uh, comfortable, especially with who you're playing. You're going to be stepping up against different opponents. You're going to be stepping up against better opponents, especially from last year. So I'm really excited to see what this team can do, uh, especially coming off the La- loss against Indianapolis. I think we're going to be playing pretty good against Hillsdale. We have historically. So we'll see how that goes.
2: Anyway, to finish up the show here, one last quick minute here, Super Bowl commercials, Joe, we're picking our best and worst of recent memory. You want honors?
1: Sure. Go for it. Budweiser puppy and horse commercial. Yes. That one had everybody crying. I don't know how you can do that in such a short amount of time with a commercial, but dude, that one, I was tearing up right on the sofa. That's a great pick. I'm going to take an underrated pick. What's that? Crypto commercial from last
2: year. Oh. Remember the the QR DVD screen? I think that one was great. And the reason because is it got everybody engaged Yeah, and everybody remembers that commercial forever. The site like crashed. Yeah. Because it was so good. I think that's, I think that's gotta be a great Super Bowl commercial if
1: it it was that popular. It's so solid. All right, bad ones? Bad ones, yes. Puppy Monkey Baby. That one Oh, yes, yes. I can't stand yes. that one. <laughs> I that stand was that one. so buns. It was bad. Some
2: oh, might say, man. hey, it's a good thing that since you remember, but dude, it is so bad. Yeah. The one that sticks out to me is really bad. I don't know if you remember this one. What's that? The, the Mr. Peanuts Funeral one.
1: That, that one had was like so Kool-Aid. good.
2: I did not like that one at all. Dude, I, what? I mm. thought that one was bad. That one
1: was solid. It was... That one was funny. They literally... I don't know how... And it was they, Mr. Peanut Baby. They, but it and was Baby was Yoda. Training. It he didn't make any sense. for so long. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. Agree to disagree on that one. Yeah, Brandon, I, I guess might so. the ball.
2: I don't think I liked that one. But anyway, It is what it is. It is
1: what it is. It's Super Bowl Sunday coming up, everybody, and what a weekend that is going to be. Woo! It's one of the best weekends of sports, man. It's, it rivals almost everything. It's one of my favorite sporting events to watch, especially with these two teams going down. It's the Chiefs versus the Eagles. It's the Brothers Super Bowl. Huge implications. Philadelphia's trying to get it going for their crazy fan base. KC is trying to get the dynasty back up and running after a few little bit of uh, hiccups from their hiatus year and that type of stuff. But, Brandon... I'm excited, man. I think the Eagles are going to be able to take this one away. Uh but dude, I don't know what's going to happen. This one's going to be probably this one's this Super Bowl is one of the ones that like I don't really know who's going to be a clear-cut winner.
2: This is going to be a fun game. I think this might actually turn into a high-scoring game because it looks like a bit it's of a shootout. I think cuz it's going to be such a defensive battle on paper. And that's crazy cuz we're talking about the Chiefs in defense, you know, like you don't you don't say those two in you know, in unison very often, but I think when it comes down Somebody's to gotta it, take that button away. Come on. It's fun. <laughs> uh, I hope everyone enjoys that. Or if they get annoyed, you can message us at the ESPN. Yeah, yeah, let I mean, me know. But I think it definitely comes down to, um, when you look at both of these teams and you look at how they've played, they've put up a lot of yards this year in different ways. Obviously the chiefs looking to sling it. Uh, and of course the Eagles are looking to pound it. But I think when you look at the comparison of these two teams, I think it's really honestly, like the chiefs, have a really good chance to win this game. They've been there pretty recently. They've been in that position before. Uh, obviously, the Eagles won the Super Bowl, but it's a little bit different of a team than it was um, as opposed to the Chiefs roster uh, on the Super Bowl team. But, I mean, you can make that argument, too, both ways. So it, it's really, both teams know what it takes to get to the Super Bowl. They've made it. And now, when you look at all the players around it, it's some of them are on the same team still. Some of them they're obviously on a new team, and they haven't been to that Super Bowl, obviously, uh, when the Chiefs won it a couple of years back, and the Eagles won it, when they took down the pats. But I think when I look at this game in and of itself, I think it's really going to be what defense has ability has the ability to take away the football. And I think that's what's going to win this game. And right now, the Eagles defense looked very well uh, against the 49ers. Yes, I know. It was Brock Purdy, and they were playing 10v11. I know. But I think when you look at the way that this defense is played all season, I think it makes a really interesting matchup. The Chiefs have won this matchup. I did the the research here to find out for you. The M- Chiefs have won every matchup since 2013. They're 3-0 and against the Eagles. Uh, but the Eagles before then were 3 and 0 in the 2000s era. So really this is a matchup since we met we hit the year 2000 is three apiece, So really it's a tiebreaker with the biggest trophy on the line as a prize. So I think it's going to be a fun game. I think that the turnover battle is going to be where this game is won because the chiefs obviously like to take risks. The Eagles uh, love to take away risks. But I think when you look at this offensive firepower um, between these two quarterbacks, I mean, this is going to be a real fun matchup, I think. And I think we say that every year um, because obviously like some of the super bowls haven't quite panned out. Uh, As expected, (coughs) Rams Pats, but I think it's still going to be a really fun game on paper. And obviously, it's Kelsey Bowl. I mean, media Mm -hmm. off the charts this week for those.
1: Wow, dude! A lot of clips, especially from like the media days and stuff, kind of pretty funny to watch. Especially like with uh, Mama Kelsey and stuff like that. Yes. Even their podcast that they have, like they had like their dad and their mom. Like it was pretty cool to see it, and I don't know. It's interesting to see that. But also another cool story for this uh, Super Bowl is. Uh, the story with A.J. Brown and Willie Gay Jr. Have you seen that one? Uh, I have not seen that one, no. So they, well, obviously Brown is on the Eagles and then Gay Jr. is on the Chiefs. and He's like their linebacker. Yeah. They grew up like five minutes from each other. Really? Yeah. Played in the same high school, won a state championship and then both went to Mississippi high school or uh, colleges. Really? Yeah, so they've been pretty much best friends their whole lives and yeah. now they get to play each other in the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's wild.
2: Wow. Crazy I mean, stories.
1: weird about that. That's cool. Yeah, it almost makes up for the fact that Brittany, Mahomes, and Jackson are going to be there. <laughs> <laughs> so that's great for us. Oh, oh my gosh, I'm Joe. praying that the Eagles win because if I have to watch that circulate around, a video of her screaming into her phones, then that circulates around I might just become a mountain man and try to just go off grid. So I don't have to have to see that ever again.
2: I would also hope that doesn't happen regardless of who wins. Cause that is a little, I, I mean, it's understood the act how, of celebration, but like how, it's almost obnoxious. How tone deaf she does, does
1: she have to be? Cause uh, she obviously has seen the reactions. Hasn't she? I would have to assume she I has. There's she impo- doesn't care. She, Which is the even crazier thing. You're basically married to the, like the, the most famous guy in all of Kansas city. Well, it is. He owns every sports team basically. He's a part owner. So like you're known by everybody and you realize like nobody likes you. Nobody in the <laughs> fan base likes you. I hope you re- I hope she realizes that because she is a get a change, of Quick fastener. I thought we were going to be all solid because we never heard anything out the rest of the season and then finally like last two weeks she's resurfaced and it's been even worse from before. So
2: Yeah, I think the media access uh, has really taken the world by storm over the last, especially the last ten years, since we've had social media and we've had all of these influencers kind of introduced into the world of the sports. I industry. can't stand
1: influencer culture, dude.
2: But it is, it is kind of like I wouldn't. I'm not going to try to dock on influencer culture or anything, but it's tiring. Like it's it mentally is. tiring, and I think that's what everybody hates. It's not the person. I don't think it's think really it's just
1: the culture. Really. It's
2: really everything around it that makes it that much worse. But anyway, besides that point of view, I mean, we do have a good football game that it's going to be taking place. I,
1: I could have ranted on about that for the whole rest of the episode. Yeah. Maybe we'll have to, there. maybe we'll have to bring that maybe up. Just a solid. Hour of just how much we don't like influencers. And all about influencers.
2: <laughs> but I think the when you look at the road uh, that the Eagles have taken, obviously beating the Giants, a team they're very familiar with in division play, and then taking out the Niners who were injury ridden, some people are saying that this is a gifted road here for the Eagles, which, I mean, obviously, when you look at it in that perspective, yeah, they could have been in a situation where they had to have played the healthy 49ers or they had to play uh, a really good team in the Cowboys potentially. Uh, but I think when you look at the, they have seen the NFC. I mean, it's just hard to get past the bind that the AFC is loaded. I mean, it really yeah. is because you look at the chiefs where they've went first round by, then they get the Bengals and they got the Jaguars in the second round. Those are two really tough teams. Now, it kind of looks similar to me um, as opposed to the, the Eagles run, but the Bengals were a much better team. Uh, I think comparison than the Niners without Brock Purdy playing absolute baller. So I think that kind of puts you into perspective, but I mean, having the Miami dolphins as your seven seed, as opposed to
1: the Seattle Seahawks,
2: that comparison straight up. Yeah, Like, I mean, they're both teams with the same record, but it's not the same team.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, if you put seed to seed up against each other, like the AFC would probably wipe other than Kansas city and really other than Kansas city, Philadelphia. I feel like those two are probably like the only ones that like, I feel like Philadelphia could win because if you take New York versus Baltimore, six seeds, I'm taking Baltimore. Ooh, I would actually take in the Giants, but that's just me.
2: Well, this is the thing. When you look at these teams. Comparatively, they all, the NFC sucks compared to the AFC. Yeah. When you look at these teams healthy, especially the AFC, a healthy Ravens team, you would bet on over a healthy Giants team. Now, the Giants team's more gritty, but when you have Lamar Jackson, you have J.K. Dobbins in that Mm. running game, it looks elite
1: like that offense is hard to stop and that defense will shut you down cuz you had three it's just on the AFC side you had three or four Super Bowl favorites yeah. compared to the one on the NFC side Bengals Bills Chiefs
2: 100% yeah. and on the other side it's yeah it's the Eagles it's, and the Niners
1: and Niners still like they were kind of starting to pick it up a little bit but then once they only beat Dallas 19 to 12 I was like yeah they're not winning yeah. even if Purdy was healthy that would not have been a close game yeah
2: and then I'm um, obviously the Vikings are the most fraudulent three seed we've seen in a couple of years. So yeah. uh I think when you look at these two teams, they have pretty similar roads. Um, but I think when you look at how this game's yeah, going to sixteen and three overall. Yeah. So everything is accurate there. And the reason I think when you look at these two teams and you see the comparison, especially in the offenses, I think you're gonna see uh, a pretty smudge of it, it it looks like it's going to be a slower game. Yeah. I think it, it's gotta be because you're looking at the Eagles, they're gonna be vamping the secondary. They're prepared to watch Mahomes try to sling it 50 times because that's the best way the Chiefs know how to win. And you look at the you look at the Chiefs defense, they're going to be trying to load the box and they're going to try to stop Jalen Hurts from running. And that's going to keep them more one dimensional and a much beatable team. Now, if obviously defenses execute, it's going to be a slower game. But that leads me almost into the counterintuitiveness of this is going to be a track meet. And I think when you've looked at the the last time these teams have played each other, I mean, the scores have been 27, 20, 26, 16 and 34. I believe it was 14. Um, and I think when you look at that perspective, I mean, I wouldn't expect necessarily a 50 to 50 type game, but this is a game that feels like it should be at least in the 2020s, if not the 30, 30 type of range, because it's just one of those games that they're two good offenses, elite offenses, some of the best in the entire National Football League, and they're going to figure out how to dissect the defenses. I think that's for sure. I think it's really going to come down to that turnover game because if you can turn it over and you can turn it into points, I mean, momentum-wise, absolutely through the roof. It's game over. Both of these teams, uh, I would say the Eagles know how to do it better, and that's why I think maybe I'm leaning towards the Eagles as my pick as of right now. Uh, but, I mean, as far as you look at perception, I mean, this is the Chiefs game to lose, 100%. Yeah.
1: I, I think so, too. I The favorites right now are definitely Kansas City. I'm hoping Philly wins. But if anything, like, if I'm really thinking with my brain here, it's probably going to be kick Kansas City, like, 35 to 30 or something like that. It'll probably, like, or it might even come down to a field goal at the end. And Butker will just, like, go wild and hit, like, a 45, 50-yard field goal to win. win the whole thing. Winner. I'm hoping that Philly wins. I think, if anything, what I think is Kansas City is going to come out hot and then Philly's going to try to play catch up. They're going to go ahead at like near the end, probably like all of fourth quarter, by like a touchdown. And then Kansas City's going to tie it up near the end. And then somehow there's going to be a turnover that Philly does. And then Kansas City's going to march down. And then Butker's gonna Gear's Butker's going to win it for all the marbles. Ooh, okay. Uh, do you have mark st- that down. You're going to mark that down. Okay. I think as much as I don't want it to happen, I think Kansas City's probably going to win 30, 33 30, 30 to 30. 33 to 30, the final. I'm
2: going to go with one of the two teams playing in the Super Bowl. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I think when it comes down to it, I have a buddy at my house. Uh, anybody anybody knows him on the show. It's Ethan Hamilton, who was on the show a little while back. Big Eagles fan. Just grew up and liked the Eagles. And to see him so happy over the last couple of weeks for how well the Eagles have played makes me want to root for the Eagles so bad. In that sense, I feel like the Chiefs have a good chance to win this game, but I'm going to ride with them here. I'll play contrarian and pick the Eagles, and I think it's coming down to this thought, just keeps punching back in my head three times that I'm saying this. I feel like the Eagles have a better chance and a better defense when it comes down to how this game is going to be decided is are they going to be able to take the ball away and are they going to be able to score off of it? When you look at that statistically, they're one of the better teams doing that. Mm-hmm. And especially over the last couple of games, they've held a lot of these high scoring offenses to very little points. Mm-hmm. And I think that keeps coming back to me as, man, I'm going to try to ride with the Chiefs on this one because in the postseason, they've only allowed 14 points and they turn teams over a lot. And to me, that sounds real cool. And I think that's going to be, uh, a really good chance how they've already first forced six turnovers in the postseason. Uh, and the Chiefs have a tendency to give the ball up a couple of times. So that's why I'm going to pick the Eagles. I'm going to pick 27 um, 24. Um, yeah, don't go 27 24, the final. Eagles win it on a field goal. No, not necessarily at the buzzer, but I think they're going to hold on by three. Mm-hmm. And I think they're going to prevent Mahomes and company from a second Super Bowl.
1: All we know is this game is probably going to be one of the better Super Bowls we've seen. In a good amount of time, he hopes so. I'm not going to win. I feel like, yeah, I hope hopefully so. Hopefully, it's not like a three to ten or whatever. Please,
2: it was. no. Don't remind what was, me. What of was that. This, was that last year's was three to ten? No, that was last year's game was pretty much the Rams dismantling. Oh yeah, just
1: going wild
2: when they were just going pretty much bonkers. Uh, but the the worst Super Bowl in recent memory was hands down the Rams Patriots. That was a rough, oh, yeah. rough, go at it. Poop. Yeah, that was Tom's last one, and it was one of the worst games I'd ever watched. I know me and my buddies were down. We were, uh, I know we were talking about this last week of like Super Bowl parties. We had turned off the game at one point and played Madden. It was that bad. I believe it, dude. It because terrible. it was bad. It was so bad. The game was stale. It was stagnant. It was a defensive slugfest, but it wasn't even exciting in that sense. Like teams weren't turning each other over. It was just constantly like, yep, missed pass, broken up, third down, punted away. Next three and the out. Same three thing. and out. Three and out. All like, in the red zone. Can we just hit the snooze button, please? Like, this is a bad football game. Which then makes
1: the question, like, how much do you want it to be, like, a high scoring with no defense compared to, like, a defensive showcase? You that is true. That, that is true. So you got to find the happy medium, but then it's also, like, it's the biggest game of the year. You, like, that's the thing. Like, Bears can't be choosers, I guess. You know? You either have a defensive powerhouse playing against a defensive powerhouse or, like, now where you have two crazy good offenses.
2: Yeah, the Super Bowl um, that we're talking about, twenty nineteen. I just looked it up to double check the score. It was actually thirteen to three. The final score was. Oh yeah. Um, for Mercedes Benz back Only in fifty three was scored. I think right. Yeah, it was pretty gross. So I think when you look back at it, um, I I mean the Rams Cincinnati game was fun. I would. I think I kind of. I take back what I said uh, was about it the. Terr- dis- was the dis- it wasn't like
1: crazy one time. No, no,
2: no, no, no. It wasn't really dismantling. I was more thinking of um. Uh, one of the regular season games that they had, um, where I was maybe it was the Bengals that tore up the the Rams in regular season. I'll double check that. But no, the Rams Cincinnati Super Bowl was great. And I think that Cooper Cup catch to seal it was pre- it was yeah. really freaking cool. Uh the Tampa Bay K C Super Bowl, I mean that one you kind of saw coming with the storyline of that. It was like, yeah, Tom's gonna take this one. Like are you going to bet against Tom? He's getting towards retirement. You're not going to make that bet. You know, that defense was elite and they showed it. They turned Pat Mahomes a couple of times. And before that, that was the year that we really saw Patrick Mahomes get on the map when they won a hard rock um, in 2020 against San Fran. But, I think it is still a really good Super Bowl the one of the best Super Bowls that I could think of in recent memory, um and I think they were really kind of both of them back to back was the uh 52 back in 17-18. Oh yeah, so you had New one. England do the twenty eight three against Atlanta, Matt ryan in the th- with like three minutes left in the third quarter and and then the next year was Philly Philly in Minneapolis when Nick Foles came back to beat Tom Brady. In the Super Bowl, even though Tom threw for 500 yards and the Eagles had ran all year with Carson Wentz, they ended up winning it with Nick Foles. And I was at, what was it, 41-33? Yeah, the score was. That was an electric factory of a game. It was back and forth and that Philly-Philly play will be probably going down into the Hall of Fame Mm -hmm. from Doug Peterson.
1: Well, because wasn't that also one where the Patriots tried to do a Philly-Philly and then Tom Brady hit hit his hands and just popped right
2: No, that was the year before that, actually. That's the irony. That was the year when they were playing against Atlanta. When I'm pretty sure because you know how many memes were on at halftime? Oh, yeah. yeah of him dropping yeah. the Lombardi and then he ends up winning it after <laughs> the comeback 23. And oh my gosh, what a time to be alive that was. Um, but I mean, there were some other ones in recent memory. Uh, I remember Super Bowl 50 more because of the um, the hangout more than it was actual game. I mean, Denver and Carolina was a well anticipated Super Bowl. That was a fun Super Bowl to watch uh, for a little bit. And then it got a little stale when Denver just absolutely shut down Cam Newton in that elite offense. But I mean, the year before that was probably the one that most notable to me was new England, Seattle, you know, Oh yeah. Malcolm Butler yard, at the goal line, giving
1: it to Marshawn.
2: Yeah. Cause I know I had, uh, my buddy Steven was with me and we were watching the game and basically down to the last couple of minutes, we had just, I, I was rooting for the Seahawks. I was a Russell Wilson fan when I was yeah. growing up. I really liked the way he played as a kid. And so I was rooting for the Seattle. I was rooting for Seattle, the Legion of Boom. And he was rooting for the Patriots exclusively because I was rooting for the Seahawks. I mean, it wasn't good. It was just one of those like, yeah, I'm going to root against you. We're going to make this fun. I'm like, okay, fine. Let's do it. And yeah, and that whole final like minute was just absolutely bonkers in my basement. Absolutely bonkers of just me screaming after Curse caught that juggling catch. Yeah, let's go. I'm running around in the basement, like stoked out of my mind. They're about to win the Super Bowl and then like. What was it? The next play or two plays later, Malcolm Butler jumps the route. Oh my gosh! Against oh my gosh! Against Ricardo Lockett and picks it off for the game winner. And I was so sad. And then Stephen had his turn of running around the basement. I'm just sitting there <laughs> crying with my hands and my eyes and my face. And I'm just oh, like poor Brandon. No. But that one was that one was pretty gross. And I'm pretty sure that it was worse because we didn't have school the next day. They'd already canceled off the school, I think, at that point, which had only happened one other time, which that was probably my favorite Super Bowl I remember watching as a kid, and that was uh, back in uh, 2009. Uh, If you remember, Santonio Holmes, the tiptoe catch against Arizona, that was my favorite because that one, um, that was a fantastic football game. It was absolutely fantastic. And the whole way that that game went down, Uh, I mean, James Harrison, the interception, that was by far my favorite game. We, and I remember specifically, we had a snow day so I could watch that whole entire game. Um, and really, I think there was one Super Bowl that was on my birthday. I remember, uh, back in, uh, what was it? 2011. Um, and it was in Arlington. It was Green Bay against Pittsburgh. Everyone was picking Pittsburgh, including me. And then Green Bay won. And I was like, pretty sad, but any end of the day, so sad. There's been a lot of good Super Bowls in recent memory, and I hope we have another good one this year. Uh, Hopefully, some good commercials, which we talked about here earlier. Um, But I think there's going to be. I think the overall environment. I think with Rihanna doing the halftime will be cool. Um, And I think hopefully nothing gets too exorbitant. Uh, but I think when you, it comes down to how that whole Super Bowl is going to take place, I think that really it's kind of interesting that we have it in Glendale every year, especially for like. You know, you'd almost wanted to wonder why it's not necessarily uh, in a place with more football prominence. Which I understand it goes up for bed, and I, I obviously understand that. Uh, but I mean, like, uh, like Glendale is put in there like quite a bit. You know, like they got they had the 2008 Super Bowl uh, when the undefeated Patriots lost to the Giants and Eli Manning. Then they had that that the year of the interception of the goal line by Malcolm Butler, um, which was 2015. And now they're having another one here. But you almost wonder, like, Hard Rock doesn't get as many games, even though, like, they used to be, like, one of the more prominent ones. There hasn't been one in Ford Field in a long time. Um, But it's very kind of interesting, the fact that it's kind of always stayed in, like, Arizona, Miami, Atlanta's had a couple of them. It hasn't
1: moved around as much as it used to.
2: Yeah, like, I love, like, I love the idea of having it in uh, New
1: Orleans. Like, I think that would be fantastic. I I would like to wear it if it was just, like, a whole, like, rotation of everybody. Yeah. I think that'd be cool. I mean, obviously, I mean, I guess someone not can like some of them kind of, some of the stadiums are bad. Yeah. Like, I mean, I go in some of them, but yeah, like
2: I think it would be nicer if there were more rotation. I know obviously the money is part of it, but I think the reason why, They don't have it in New Orleans just because they want to keep the lights on. But I think when it comes down to it, I think that Super Bowl would be fun. I mean, the Har Bowl was cool. I thought that was great. I want to see another Super Bowl like the Har Bowl. And that's why I think what everybody wants with the Kelsey brothers going against each other. And I think it's a great storyline. And I think it'll be cool. So I think this will be a really fun go at it. And, I mean, it'll just be very interesting here. So I'm picking the Eagles. Joe's picking the Chiefs. We'll see how it goes on about uh, here coming up on Sundays. Our go-to food that you're going with, Joe? Obviously, chili. For me? Yeah,
1: you're going with chili, right? Absolutely not. What? I we literally said I don't like chili. That's a ter- that's a bad take. That's a hot. That's not even a hot take. That's a cold take. I feel like a lot. I feel like more people agree with me that I don't like chili than people actually like. Okay, chili. we might have to. We have to might have to make
2: a poll for this. I think. Okay, you would probably say. I, I almost want to bet you're going to do this. That my Mister Peanut commercial take is as bad as the chili take, vice
1: versa. My take is way better than that. What everybody liked, everybody liked Mr. Baby Peanut. No, wish that was trending. No, okay, it was trending. If you were to because say, if you it were to go was up a on bad street, plot, if you were to go up on the street and say, "Hey, what do you don't like more, chili or the Mr. Peanut commercial from the Super Bowl a few years ago?" People would say chili.
2: More people have had and loved chili than probably have seen the commercial.
1: I doubt it. Uh I don't know. We might have to fight. here's a, okay. We might have to fight this one over. We might have to. I don't know. Might, might be, Brandon. I don't know, man. I don't know. I know we talked about this in the first half, but what makes a good Super Bowl commercial? i say it's got to be like engaging and not stupid. Okay. Which is a pretty broad thing, but I feel like it's easy to figure out. Yeah. Just not the puppy monkey baby one.
2: <laughs> that was a lot going on, which I thought that was the same concept of why I picked Mr. Peanut one. There's a lot
1: going on. But it's easy. Like, it's not like annoyingly a lot of things going on. The Puppy Monkey Baby thing had so much stuff going on where you're just like, dude, I hate this. And it was also just not, it was a catchy song, but it was not catchy for the right reasons. It was catchy because everybody hated it. Right. But I I don't know. Give me all you want. I will die on this hill. (laughs) We'll die on our own hills, I guess. So
2: I'll eat my chili while you watch Mr. Peanut commercial. I guess so. Yeah. that will have to happen. I guess so. We'll have to figure this out. We need some, we need a vote. We need to vote. Let's go on to Spotify polls and we'll see what we need to do here. If it's chilly or Mr. Peanut <laughs> Super Bowl commercial. I'm excited though, to see some of the commercials they have coming out this year. Like I've heard a couple of them are going to be pretty solid. Um, but I think there's going to be, I know like there's a couple that have already been like leaked out of like, yeah, these are, these ones are going to be bad. And I mean, I, I'll be very curious. I think there was one that I saw. Uh, I want to remember that was, um, it was, wasn't it wasn't a clothing brand. um, that was what one was that I think it was uh, I know there's one with General Motors and Will Ferrell I think that one's going to be interesting um, but oh my gosh what was the one there's a uh, oh Bud Light and uh, Miles Teller I don't know if you saw like oh that, that one's going to be good yeah him and his wife in there I think that one would be would be very interesting because you get to see like a little piece of it. Uh, I don't remember which one it was. I know I almost want to say it was a clothing brand, but I can't remember which one it was now. Uh, Anyway, whatever it is. But I think there will be a couple of good commercials here. Uh, Once you see like a couple of them, I know Uber Eats is having one with, uh, uh, I think Diddy is in it. Uh, They're doing one with him. Ben Affleck is doing one. Um, I think with, um, what is this, uh, Pepsi or no, not Pepsi. Uh, Duncan is doing, and then Steve Martin and Ben Stiller are doing a Pepsi commercial. Now, I don't know how they got that duo together, but that's going to be pretty funny. Uh, apparently they're arguing about who's the best actor. Oh no, that will be fun. <laughs> I think there'll be a lot of good commercials. Hopefully some better than the Mr. Peanut commercial. Oh, that's all I can say. I guess we'll see. We will see. Yeah. I don't think that's a terrible commercial, by the way.
1: It's not like my favorite or anything like that. Yeah. But I, I just think, thought it was a good commercial.
2: I thought like if you put it on the scale of good to bad, I think it leans over halfway on the bad side. And then there was one of the first ones that came to my mind. I'm not I'm not recog- I'm not really going back on my uh, on my take here that it's not. I respect a, it, man. I, I respect bad, it. I think it's not a great commercial, but I'm not going to say it's like the worst commercial. I mean, I've definitely, I mean, the honest first one was Pup Monkey Baby. That came to mind, but I had to pick another one. So, uh, but I think that one might go down. as one of the worst. I'm pretty sure Gronk and Deion Sanders are also in one. So be very interesting. But anyway, enjoy the Super Bowl, y'all. And if you watch this episode or listen to this episode before, we thank you for tuning in. Thanks for Dylan Ryder for stopping by on the show. Pleasure to have him along the ride as well. Um, As we get more scheduled interviews and a lot of great content coming up here for for the rest of the year. But until next time. Take care, everybody.